What is going on guys? This is Gene Jensen and it is time for another Friday Night Live. What is up? What is up? I know we don't have anybody jumping on here yet, but y'all are about to. So how's everybody doing today? It is nine o'clock and uh, it's time to get rocking and rolling. How's everybody? Goodness. It's funny how it starts out with zero and all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people jump on. Well, it has uh, been a pretty nice week. It hasn't been too hot. Uh, got out and did a little bit of fishing. Uh, caught one... One big one, and I lost a big one. I got Michael in the house with me. He's sitting off to the side. How big do you think that one was I lost? More than 20 inches. Maybe. So, Because the one I just caught was 19 and three quarters, and it was bigger than that one. So, yeah, it was I was one. too focused on those I was catching. Well, you weren't catching anything. You didn't catch nothing right there. <laughs> what is up? Goodness, Stephen Guthrie, you better be there tomorrow morning on time. We got a little shindig going on at 10.30 tomorrow. It's going to be fun. Team Fluke Master from uh, Knuckleheads is having a having a team get-together, and uh, we're going to eat and then go fishing. That'll be a whole lot of fun. So, man, oh, man. Ken Burke says, what's up, Fluke? Ready for some football. You better know I am. Good gosh. I'm, just, I'm tired of watching videos about Georgia football. I want to go watch football. So Shane Garza, what's up? Nick DeLeo, how you doing, man, from Connecticut? I got some dust or something hanging from my head. Butterflies. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Greg Dudley, what's going on? It was a warm day today, though. Good gosh. So Kelly Wendell, what's up? Oh, Let's see. He goes, thanks for the videos you suggested to my fiance for me, and I caught a huge bass today. That's awesome, Kelly. Congratulations. That's going. That's awesome. Sergio Michael Ulstrit says, I watch your videos all the time. It's a big help. Thank you. That's awesome, man. Jeremy Ham, what's up, man? He said, We know these 67 degree mornings in the South are all lies. <laughs> it's been nice, though, but the bass here just they haven't bit in they don't bite until like two o'clock in the afternoon and when it's hot and then they'll bite until just before sundown and then it dies off so goodness gene do you go by barry yeah barry's uh, uh, right at the top of the mountain or just over the top of the mountain for me right here so yeah the house of dreams i can see the lights from if i look out in my backyard actually it's over there so so Gino Jones from Wisconsin, man, I wish I was up there right now. Good gosh, that's my favorite favorite area of the country to fish right now, this time of the year. So Zachary Books, what's up? Justin540, how you doing, man? He says, hey, Gene, love your videos. This is Zachary. He says, hey, Gene, love your videos and podcast. Ben Ben's listening for the last week. I just picked up my first 13 fishing combo today. Got the Blackout Kalon A combo. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, let's see. I got anything going on besides tomorrow? Um, KBF announced their their challenge series championship, trail series championship, uh, the Timbitational that's all going to be held on Gunnersville and and uh, Wilson or Wheeler, sorry Wheeler, and then uh, the ten is going to be held on a lake that I fished actually called Duck River Reservoir in, in Alabama. So that ought to be a really cool tournament. I, I, I want to win the Temptational so I can fish it. That would be awesome. But, uh, but yeah, that's the only thing I know that's going on, really. Huh. Tournaments are starting to wind down. Uh, football season starts, and then people, y'all stop watching my videos. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's like as soon as football season starts, the videos, uh, the interest in fishing goes to hunting, and it's just like... No more views. It's all right, though. So Shane Garza, he says, uh, oh, he's talking to Zachary. I'll let you go. 
the Rooster 95, is live scope a must for tournament fishing or could skills still hold up in a $500 finder fish finder? Yeah. Or a $500 fish finder. Yeah, it, I think it's all about what's between your ears, man. It really is. Especially in the in the fall when they start getting shallow. I'm, you know, for the tournaments I'm fishing in October, November, I don't see myself even having a a, a, a front-facing sonar or, you know, on my, on my kayak at all. So it's just the fish going to be so shallow. It's going to be about covering water and hitting specific things. So Damon is in the house. What's up, Damon? Michael says hi. My man. So Nick Cowan, what's up? Ken Burke. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Nick D'Elia. So you can use sonar in a tournament. Yeah. Yeah, you sure can. Um, shoot something just popped in my head and it went right back out and i was gonna say i was gonna say something about some stuff that's going on uh, i'm still guiding as a matter of fact i got a guide trip this next week uh probably next season i'll start guiding gunnersville it'll be good and fun susan kelly how are you that's an old friend from augusta i next time i'm gonna i, I get to um South Carolina, I'm going to go see your daughter and her man at a, at their little breakfast place because I love a good biscuit anyway. I'm going to inspect their biscuits and make sure somebody taught them how to cook them. So, Ray Frazier. Uh, hey, Gene, what's up, brother? What's up, Ray? Elizabeth Z's in the house. She said, thanks for letting me know it was okay to purchase a new sonar unit. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even want to talk about how much... I put way too much money in my sonar or too many, too much sonar on my kayak this time, but it's worth it. I just got to get all the bugs out of it and figure it out. Lawrence is a lot more complicated, complicated than Garmin. So that's for sure. But once I get everything figured out, I think they will be a lot better. So let's see. Uh, yeah. Damon, Damon has an Airbnb that he is finally up and running in Gunnersville. So anybody looking for a place to stay in Gunnersville, it is downtown and it's an awesome little place. Got a boat parking and everything else. So I told him he could get on here and talk about talk and, and uh, mention that. So it'd be pretty cool. Um, is topwater good to use year round? Topwater works when the bass are shallow and active. So if the, if it's a time of the year where they're not shallow active or the weather has pushed them out they're not, it's not good. What I always look for is signs that they're up shallow, like, fish busting or even bait fish being super shallow you typically can get somewhat of a good top water bite when they're up shallow so oh tell evan i said hello susan i love y'all tell your husband i said hi too i miss you guys uh dave lefebvre is on here oh crap i better i better look good no i'm just kidding what's up dave <laughs> Oh man, oh man. I need to get up there, but it's not gonna be this year. So but uh the invitation still stands if you're down here in the, in the south and your travels, man. Come come hit me up. Uh we catch at least one over six pounds every day. How many you'd catch today? Uh I caught two over six today. Two over six today. I caught one, could have been two yesterday, but I got a wussy hook set and didn't get one in. So yeah, come come say hi. It'd be a lot of fun. So um Lip and rips. Uh, lip and rips says I. I always throw to top water. That's what he meant to say. Oh goodness, <laughs> Michael Miller. I would rent the Airbnb, but I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> oh, my buddy Michael that's sitting right here has a couple of Airbnbs, so that's kind of funny. I like that. Well, a couple of them are on stilts, aren't they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> Yeah, that makes it even funnier. Yeah, they're on the river, so they're they're down on the floodplain. So he's got two of them on stilts. So, goodness gracious, that's hilarious. Oh goodness, Chuck Norris. I hope you're not the real Chuck Norris. <laughs> Isn't he dead? No, <laughs> no, he's not. He, he just can't die. he just old. <laughs> when fishing in Texas, Rick, how you determine wh what inch worm you throw? So many inch choices. It's all about confidence. And I kind of, if I had to put it into words as to what I do in the spring, pre-spawn, and during the spawn, I'm throwing creature baits that are about as wide as your hand. 
Not long is your hand, about wide is your hand. And then you go check the see if he's there. And then uh, as the water warms up and gets into the 70s, I go longer, seven inches. And then in the heat of the summer, I'm throwing 10, 11, 12 inch worms and dragging them as slow as I can. And as it starts to cool off and they start to, to co concentrate mostly on bait fish, in the fall, I get rid of worms altogether and I start throwing bait fish patterns. So take it, take it with a grain of salt. That's about what it, what it's like though, for me at least. Not yet. I got somebody dropping a cake off. So that's what Michael's sitting here listening for the door. Oh goodness. Chris Curtis. What's up, man? What is up? Um, how about a fluke on a drop shot in late summer? I do that in clearer water. But lately, I haven't been fishing. Well, I, I, that's a lie. Because uh, Monday, Tuesday of this week, I fished up in the North Carolina mountains. And it was real clear. But normally, I don't fish really clear water. So I'd, in the you know late summer, if I was on like Lanier or a Highland Reservoir that's got really, really clear water, I'll, I'll throw a little tiny fluke or a fluke junior on a drop shot. That's for sure. I actually, that's what I learned to fish a drop shot with was a, one of the little baby flukes. So let's see. <laughs> Jeremy Ham says Chuck beats up death. <laughs> uh, he's 10 minutes out. So goodness. Wow. David Myers said, Water temps were 95 degrees last weekend. I'm thinking about taking ice bags with me tomorrow. <laughs> I think, David, aren't you in Texas? Gosh almighty, that's hot. And I've done that. What, what, what I do, what I've done, the days that I've been really successful in super hot temperatures, of course, go deep. But I look for current. Even if it's in the middle of the lake, I look for a place where the river channel swings up against a point and pushes current up over that point. And that'll push the bait so that the, the, the oxygen level is below the point. But because the current pushes up against that point, that oxygen level goes over top of that point and the bass will be up high. And it's like a pinch point. Another place is, of course, get back in the back of creeks or rivers and go up into the current. And then, of course, and then grass, green grass will have, uh, you know, that's under the water like hydrilla uh, produces um, oxygen for you. So. Uh, let's see. TJ last name says, Hey man, just sent, I sent you a Facebook message. Like you asked about that 13 fishing part you had. Oh yeah. I'll go check it. I'll check it. So I'm real bad at checking my messages. I have to remember to, or they get lost cause I get so many of them during the day. David Mitchell, how'd you can't catch them on anything. I throw here in Arkansas. Man. Trying to think, I, I, that was in Kentucky. I don't think I've fished Arkansas ever, but it should be. I mean, a bass is a bass, but uh, find some hard bottom, drag a jig and hat, drag a worm on, on like points and drops and things like that this time of the year. So, um, and if you're bank fishing, just go to the steeper banks to where the, the deep water is closest to the shallow water. Let's see. What's the best to use when it starts to get water starts to get down into the 50s or 60s? Water or or wind or air? I don't pay any attention to the air temperature except for my own comfort. But when the water water temperature gets down to the 60s, I'm throwing moving baits. I'm throwing spinner baits, buzz bait, crank baits, chatter baits, moving baits, and I'm staying super shallow, going towards the backs of creeks, and just casting and winding is what I'm doing. Trying to bump into everything I can. If it's muddy water or if it's stained water, I'm trying to bump into stuff. Because the bass are going to be up shallow. That's where the bait fish are going to be. And as he gets further and further into the fall, even into November, they're still up super shallow. But once that water gets down to 53 and below, they start to pull back out and they start to get pretty lethargic. So, <laughs> Ray Frazier, will we get another dove hunt video this year? I have got to take... I got to go ride my e-bike down to the dove field down the road and take a look at it and see what it looks like. But yeah, my sons will not, and my daughter won't let uh, Labor Day weekend go by without us going dove hunting. So we will see. Um, 
What do you look for when there's a drought on a flowage? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what a flowage is. Not a clue. Um, let's see. Oh, Wes Stevens says jerkbait season is upon us here in Michigan. I remember. Yeah, I was up in, actually I was on Lee, no, on Malax this time of the year, a couple of years ago. And I was throwing everything but a jerkbait. I grabbed a jerkbait and in about eight foot of water and I started ripping it around on this flat and they came unglued to hit that thing. So yeah, oh man, that'd be fun. Small mouth on a jerkbait's nothing but fun. So um, what's your go-to lure when fish aren't biting much? Um, a Ned rig. If I had to pick one right now, it'd be a Ned rig because they just, it, it catches everything. You just have to slow re slow down even in you know when it's this hot I slow down with everything, so a tsunami will hit next year. Um... <laughs> Love to see you fish uh, fish what we have here in Wilmington, North Carolina called Sutton Lake. Seen one come from the lake at thirteen pounds. That's awesome. I'm not good at catching those real giants. <laughs> I got this like 10 pound blocker. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what is it last? Actually this year I've caught seven, eight, somewhere between seven and 10 over nine pounds, but nothing double digit. It's crazy. So. Oh, Brian Brokaw. He says it's 91.5 here in Orlando. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nope. That's why I don't show up to Orlando until January. <laughs> you guys can have that mess. That's for sure. Oh, goodness. Let's see. Any tips on spotted bass? I'm going this October over here in Mississippi. Also, thanks. Uh, spotted bass are typically pretty aggressive, uh, a lot more than largemouth. And so I typically, with for spotted bass, I'll... Uh, I'll speed up quite a bit. Um, a good swim bait will work, a good jerk bait. Um, I was throwing, I was talking to a couple of guys this last week when I was up in North Carolina, and they fish for spotted bass with with glide baits, with big glide baits all the time. So, and, and October would be prime for that because they'll be up shallow and really, really feeding hard. So, uh, how fast am I retrieving, retrieving my chatter bait? This time of the year, barely off the bottom. I mean, I am doing everything but dragging it is what I'm doing. So it, it's slow rolling. It'll let it fall down, let it hit the bottom, and just slowly, slowly roll it back where I can just barely feel the blade, but it's still kicking up dirt at the same time. So definitely. Who donated five bucks? Ace Camper, what's up, man? Thanks for the five bucks on Super Chat. I appreciate it. He says, any suggestions for what to throw on Lake Champlain early October? Um... Gosh, I literally what we were just talking about. I throw jerkbait is what I would on Lake on in October. So Champlain's typically starting to really, really get good and cold. Then uh, throw a jerkbait and a jig, and then I'd even I'd even throw a swim jig, but slow rolling it, you know, or a chatterbait like we were just talking about. So, um, some of you guys are hilarious. Let's see. Robert B. Fishing. Been struggling at Rocky Mountain here recently. Just can't seem to get on a bite other than the small bluegill on a rooster tail. Um, We're still catching them. I'm still catching them on jigs, but dude, take that with a grain of salt. I can catch one on a jig just about anywhere. Um, just my, That's my confidence bait. But the, the biggest thing is, is, well, lately they haven't been biting until late until the mid-afternoon uh, into two o'clock sometimes into three or four you're not going to get a lot of bites you're going to get two or three uh everything's offshore right now um on the east lake the thermocline was like 17 feet yesterday and so i was seeing fish on on rock piles deep on the east lake 
<laughs> Is big worm season over yet? Nope. I don't stop throwing a big worm until the water temperature starts to fall and gets down into the low 80s and then into the 70s. So that's when I'm like, oh, I put them aside and I start throwing moving baits or, or you know, things that I, I fish a little bit faster. So have I ever fished in Ohio? No, I've hunted in Ohio, but I've never fished there. Um, Matt Dillon says, at least you got that. I'm on a two-week slump. All I have caught is a stick and a few trees. <laughs> new Canoe Unlimited. This is my opinion on New Canoe Unlimited. I have never been in one. I've got really good buddies that I trust their opinion. They love it. They love the Unlimited. It's wide. It's stable. You can put an XI3 on the front of it really easy. You can stand up and fish out of it. Um, it's a really, really good boat. They love it. Um, I don't like the totally open cockpit plan. I like to be able to have little places to stick things, and I like the drawer under my seat and that kind of stuff. But uh, like I said, I've never been in one, so I can't tell you that I, whether I'm going to like it or not. But everybody that I know that has one really likes it. So, um, Oh, drought on the lake, where to start looking? Let's see. When was the last time I fished a really bad drought? The water's low. Um, I always try to pay attention to whether the water's falling or rising. So if the water's falling in a drought, they're going to be pulled out just a little bit. I'd start looking on outside drops, um, and any kind of cover that's, and I know it's sparse, but they typically will pull down into the middle of a ditch or come, come out onto the main lake and sit on, on points. But they don't know there's no drought. They're still wet. I mean, the water, if the water is still on the lake, they still know that they, you know, they're still wet. All they know is, is what their surroundings are. So they don't know that there hasn't been any rain for a while. So favorite sunblock while fishing. Um, I still use bullfrog is what I still use. So I don't typically use uh, sunblock these days. I always am wearing long pants and a long sleeve shirt with uh, with covers over my hands. And I got a hood on and hat on. And and uh, matter of fact, I had my sun hat on, my big built sun hat on yesterday. So. Uh... <laughs> Thomas Goodner says, I got some chartreuse JJ's magic. Now I'm dying to try it. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. Go watch that video I made a hundred years ago about how to use JJ's and how to store it. That's the most important thing is how to store it because it can, uh, if it's laying on its side and it changes temperature quite a bit, it'll, it, it tends to leak out or evaporate out. So let's see. Ever heard of Johnson Reels? Found one just lying on the ground and it still works. I think it's a century model. I have, but it's been a hundred years since I've heard of Johnson Reels. Yeah, I don't think those have been made in a long time. So Jerry Catullo, help all as well, Gene. What would you what would be your choice of baits on Lake Murray, South Carolina this time of year? Water temps in the mid-80s. Thanks. I am looking for schooling fish, so I'm throwing topwater. Uh, it's a blueback herring lake, so this time of the year they're schooling out on the main points and main humps. That or I'm, I'm, I'm fishing Carolina rigs and jigs and um, throwing flukes around offshore humps and long, long points. That typically is where they'll set up because blueback herring, which is their preferred bait fish or their preferred, preferred food, get out to the middle of the lake. And so the bass will follow them, but they'll associate with offshore structure a lot more so than they, than if there weren't any blueback herring. So how do you store your JJ's magic? So I keep it in a, a, an airtight Tupperware container and I always try to keep it upright. If it's laying on its side and it, it gets warm or it gets hot, it will leak out. People say it explodes, but it doesn't, it just leaks out. And cause that, the the lid is designed to release and pressure is what it's designed to 
it's not toxic. It's you know, it's not going to kill you or anything else, but it's just a, you know, it's just temperature sensitive. So always store it upright. Don't ever lay it on its side and keep it in a, in a container that'll keep it upright. So my whole garage smells like JJ's. You know what I call it? I call it my mother-in-law repellent because my mother-in-law thinks that she's allergic to garlic. So back when, uh, she, well, I used to put, open it up in my garage and, and 15 or 10 to 12 hours later, she'd be packing up and going home. So mother-in-law repellent. Hope she's not watching. Uh, <laughs> Greg Allen Moore says, go dogs. Yes, sir. He said, what should I throw in the evenings? on the hill right now um what did i used to throw i the hills changed so much since i fished it last i know there's a lot more spotted bass on the south end than there ever was when i was fishing it um let's see what did i used to throw this time of the year late i always like to throw like buzz baits that kind of stuff uh take a buzz bait rip the skirt off put a horny toad on there I'm going to bring up some JJ's Magic only because this is a, a color that I really love on Clark's Hill. I take a white horny toad and soak it, dip it all the way in in, in methylate JJ's Magic and turn it bubblegum. And I throw bubblegum horny toads on a buzz bait all summer long. And it is usually a pretty good little fun little thing to catch it on. So let's see. Rattlestrap. Hey, Gene, can't stay long. Quick question, though. What can you use to wash your hands before going fishing to wash off all the chemicals and junk from the day on your hands? I start with Gojo if I've been like working on, on, on my engines or working in greasy stuff. I'll, I'll start with Gojo or uh, Dawn dishwashing detergent. And that's it. I never worry about it, any, anything other than that. So. Josh Ward, do you think they school up in a two to three acre lake, maybe 13 feet deep? Yes, they can. If that's the only place there's oxygen, they'll definitely be there. So, TJ's has been watching your videos since the Bass Resource videos. Wow. Uh, proud to say I've become the fisherman I am today because of your tip and videos. So thank you for all you've done in the community appreciate it man that's awesome freaking bass resource days that's a long time can y'all believe i've been doing this for about well at least 13 years maybe 14 that's nuts that's nuts i didn't have any of this gray crap i had it up in my hair but i didn't have any of this gray crap before i started making videos for you guys so jj's magic ruins if it gets too hot i've never had it ruined but I have, the thing is, is I always try to keep it cool. I keep it in a compartment in my boat or I keep it in the cooler if it's super hot. I always try to keep it upright. And then when you open it, you just open it like somebody just shook up a can of, or a bottle of Coke and gave it to you. Just slowly open it, release the pressure, dip it. you good. So Derby on the Duck River Reservoir in the morning. Going to be fun. Dude, that was the coolest lake that I've fished in a long time. I wish I could have spent a few uh, more, more than just a half a day there. It was a really, really cool lake. It was deep, had a lot of offshore structure. It was just my kind of lake. And I caught probably 10 or 12 fish, most of them on one exact, on the same exact spot. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Gene, I mainly fish the lakes on the along the Coosa River here in Alabama this fall. Should I add a trailer to my spinnerbaits? Yes, but just a little split tail trailer. Trust me on this one. Just just a simple split tail trailer is all you get. And you won't need a trailer hook. Uh, for some reason, whenever I use a trailer, like a little, not much of one, but a little trailer, I, they hit really really hard. So. Alex, what is going on, Barrett? Man, I love you, bro. He says, What's up from Germany, my dude? What are you doing back in Germany, bro? Golly, you still got my phone number. You know you do. Love you, man. Known me and me and me and Alex has been friends since gosh, we were kids, little bitty kids. So uh heard you talk about it before, but can you go over how to fish a high pressure lake? Um, 
Okay, so my trick is one, I always make sure that I know more than everybody else. I spend a whole lot of time uh, doing my research. I spent like, I've got new electronics on my kayak. And tomorrow after we're done with our, our little get together, we're having it in the morning, we're all going fishing. Well, I'm going to help them catch a couple of fish, but I'm literally going to put my rods down and zigzag around the lake and mark make maps, mark structure, mark all the stuff I need to mark on my new fish finder. And I'll do that for three or four days. Um, I always make sure that I know the lake better than everybody else. I find offshore humps and points and drops. I find offshore hard spots. I'm really, really spending a lot of time on my electronics focusing. But the biggest thing is if you don't have electronics, you aren't able to do that. If you want to do it right now is throw something super small, finesse go really, really slow or really, really fast. And number two is throw a big worm or a jig. Same thing. Nine times out of 10, I'm dragging super slow. Um, but maybe if I, if, if the wind starts to pick up, it starts to get a little bit more active. I'll start reeling a, a fishing really, really fast. But the biggest thing is, is know your body of water better than anybody else. So TJ, that ain't even nice, man. TJ says, I didn't, I didn't have any gray when I started watching your videos. <laughs> oh, Rattlestrap was something else. I was talking to my dad about my great grandpa. He swore up and down about spitting on your worm and he caught fish when nobody else did. Any truth, just old timer fish stories. I have never heard that. I never have. Let me sit up. That's kind of crap. But, uh, no, I, I've heard the thing about using WD-40, and that didn't that, that's never worked for me. But uh, I've never heard about spitting on it. Maybe maybe they had a a big old wad of a uh, of red man in their cheek or something. Who knows? Huh? <laughs> Ken Burke, I heard your son earlier, and I thought, dang, he's grown. Been watching for five years. No, that was Michael Musgrove. That was a buddy of mine. He's camping out here at Rocky and fishing this week. So he came over to hang out. Um, let's see. Good luck tomorrow, Brandon Pickens. He says, I'm heading out tomorrow for Big Smallmouth and Muskie. Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Bass resource days. I think I remember a clean shaven gene. Yeah, that was, I had a goatee. So when I got out of the army, um, well, when I was in the army, I always looked like I was five years younger than my, my wife and I'm older than her, but my baby face and, you know, my genetics, I always look younger than I really am. So as soon as I got out of the army, she made me start growing facial hair. So I had a goatee for the longest time. And, uh, and now it's all, you know, now I got a stinking beard. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Best search bait this time of the year? Oh, gosh. Um, okay. My best search bait this time of the year is slow rolling a jig. I hardly ever stop reeling it, but I'm reeling it as slow as I can to where it stays on the ground. So it's like I'm throwing it out. I let it sand, land on the bottom, and I'm doing this. With a 7, 3 to 1 gear ratio reel. And I'm reeling this slow. And so I didn't tell you guys that. Don't repeat it. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> Y'all look at my dog. He's like, I want out. Let me out. Let me out. There's people outside. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let my dog out. Go get him. Oh. All right. Let's see. Let's see. This is a good question. Matthew uh, Wads, Wadsager says, I don't hear much about peacock bass. Where can you find them? And do you use the same tackle uh, to catch them? They're, all, they're Miami South. And so you basically from the Miami airport along the, in the canals and in those areas, South is where they typically are hanging out. And they're super aggressive. You can catch them on mostly moving baits. They're 
just work the canals. Uh, best thing to do is find a local that fishes for him and, and let him show you the ropes. But uh, typically it's pretty cool. They, they do work. They do. You can, uh, you can fish them with pretty aggressive uh, techniques. The white boat was so 90s. It was tan, Josh. It was tan. It was not white. <laughs> Thomas Goodner, he says, mine got too hot and had black blobs floating in it. Yeah, that was from dipping your, your plastics, your, uh, your uh, Z-Man plastics and watching them disappear in the JJs. So what do you think of the Bonafide P127? uh you ever make that your new fishing rig in the future i have one my problem is i have in the army i, I injured my hip and i can't pedal like this like i'm i can't do it sitting down i can pedal a bicycle just fine but if i'm sitting down with my feet up i can't pedal like this and i it just starts to flare up and i i literally can't walk for about two weeks if i spend a day on the on a pedal drive so I have a P127. It's for sale, Christian. If you want to hit me up at, on Facebook, but uh, but I, if I could pedal it, I, I love it. I've been on it twice. Uh, it's got plenty of room. It's really fast. It's stable. It turns really, really good. Um, the pedal drive, you know, it, it's pretty efficient. But like I said, I can't do that action, and it sucks too. So, but uh, anyway, it's a good boat though. And, and you can stand up and fish out of it for, for days. I, the one thing I didn't like about it is the seat was about two inches too low. But I think if I put pad, like a seat pad in there, it'd be just fine. Vance Hicks, he says, uh, it is still too hot for me and I am pouring sweat like a fountain. I'm not having fun. If I'm after bass or bluegill, is there a method for fishing at night? I like fishing the farm ponds. Um... Dude, at night, throw top water, throw a frog. You know, you can get by with bad casts. Uh, don't have a headlamp turned on. Have one on your head because you're going to need it, but don't have one turned on. Just work the banks with a frog in the shallows, and you'll be just fine. Um, yeah, dude, that's a lot of fun. So, Justin Faircloth, what's up, man? How are you? Um... Let's see. <laughs> Chris Stone, says, I also go back to the Bass Resource Days fishing Lake Hartwell in the morning. Ugh. Yeah, that's what I figured, too. I do not like. I do not like Lake Hartwell in the, in the summertime. That's for sure. I barely like it in the wintertime or in the fall. <laughs> oh, let's see. Gene, I'm surprised you don't have a bulldog. So my dog's name is Packer, named after the Green Bay Packers, and I did not name him. Uh, he was a rescue dog that a friend of mine had years ago. Uh, my friend got uh, transferred from Augusta to uh, Washington State. He's a psychiatrist in the military, and uh, he couldn't take his dog with him. <coughs> so Packer was about two years old when we got him. And we've had him for seven, seven years. And so uh, good dog, barely ever barks, uh, only barks when somebody knocks on the door. Uh, really, really, you know, one of my favorite dogs anyway. So um, oh, Al Bassett. Hey, Al, he says, JJ's is great stuff. It is, man. And Al's been guiding for longer than most of us have been breathing air. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Uh, Ken Ramsey, Gina bought an aluminum bass boat because of you four years ago. When can we see you take the tin rig out? I'm actually selling it. Um, and I, I, I miss it. I wish I, I, uh, well, I don't wish I had sold it cause I needed to sell that one and I may end up getting a new one, but I love fishing out of a kayak and the kind of stuff I want to do over the next couple, two or three years. I really don't need a boat sitting in the yard, yard collecting dust and, and in breaking from not being used so i'm actually getting ready to sell it so um let's see 
Shane Garza got a bass bass tracker last month, but didn't. Uh, but the troller motor doesn't have pinpoint. Didn't realize how much I love that thing on my kayak. Yeah, you know what we used to do when we bought um, boats in when I was at Clark's Hill is we would immediately pull the whatever troller motor had on, had on it, sell it, use the money to buy us our bigger troller motor because we were always fishing in heavy winds. I mean, even my fourteen foot John boat with a little eight horse tiller. It had a 50 pound thrust trolling motor on the front so I could fish in heavy winds. And so we would, in, you know, pull whatever trolling motor was on there because it was never strong enough, sell it, and then turn around and buy another another one. So Justin Tritt, what's up, man? Says, how's the guiding business, business treating you? Pretty good, pretty good. I get uh, two trips a month, I think, and, you know, two out of 10 days, and I'm only guiding 10 days a month. That's not too bad. I wished it was more, but it's kind of been fun, kind of relaxing. So, but next year I think I'm going to start heading heading to Gunnersville. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to make enough money to be able to get an RV and uh, stick it out there and and start guiding full time out of Gunnersville. So, um, let's see. Would you recommend a trolling motor with pinpoint or a power pole? Trolling motor with pinpoint. Only I I keep power poles on my kayak only when I'm in real shallow grassy water. So if I know I'm fishing backwaters of Gunnersville, I have it on. Or if I'm in Florida, I have it on. But other than that, no matter what time of the year it is, I'd rather have pinpoint. Brett Cummings, you fishing this weekend? I have a little derby on hard labor tomorrow, dude. I would love to fish a derby on hard labor. I love that lake, and I know the the uh, the trees, the submerged uh, pine saplings are starting to rot out and go away. So it's starting to be my kind of lake, being an offshore lake. That would be a lot of fun for sure. There's a lot of really cool offshore stuff on that lake. Give it three or four more years. I think it's going to be the a new best of Georgia type lakes. It'd be really nice. So. Greg Moser, hey Gene, almost the end of the year already. Hope you enjoyed the fishing season. We don't have a fishing season down here, Greg. We have a we have an all year season, but uh, but yeah, it's been fun. It's slowing down because most people are going deer hunting or football or that kind of stuff. But it ain't slowing down for me. I've shot enough deer in my life. I don't need to get out there and, and pound them. If I need deer in the freezer, which I don't, I got four in the freezer from my kids. But if I need a deer in my freezer, I'd step out on my back porch and pop one off in the backyard so um let's see josh ward will trade you a bass trip for cobia drum striper speckle trout and sheep's head hmm hmm we might we might have to talk so let's see <laughs> Come on and hop in with me. I'm rolling solo. I'm the Torquedo guy from my cast. Ah, I remember you now, Brett. I can't. I've got a uh, the knucklehead tournament that me and Chad Hoover and a bunch of other YouTubes put on. YouTubers put on. We got. I've got my a team meeting tomorrow that I put together. We're having a potluck, and I've got a bunch of stuff that sponsors sent me for my teammates, and so I'm going to give away a bunch of stuff to them tomorrow. I'm going to video video it because there's a. It's going to be a cool, you know a cool video we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun so i got two uh two boston butts on the smoker out on the back porch and so we're gonna eat good too for sure because i i didn't get my fine physique by eating sticks and twigs and and, and grass so it's awesome man oh man you can sure tell it's football season because there's only 96 people watching <laughs> but man that would be fun i would love to fish hard labor that would be a blast for sure um let's see i think my comments froze because that's not normal for it to go that long without a comment Ooh. yeah we'll let it pop back up um something else is going on what is it um guide trips um dude i can't remember I cannot remember oh um 
let's talk. I want to talk a little bit about knucklehead, the, the knucklehead tournament. So basically, in those of you guys have been watching the whole year, knucklehead tournaments is, is we pick, you know, eight or nine or 10 YouTubers that have a following and they hold individual tournaments. And there's four of them. They're one month long tournaments. And the winner of each of those months gets to qualify for my fishing team. And I've already, they've already done it. We did it March, April, May, and June this year. Next year, we're going to do it like um, June, July, August, or May, June, July, August, or something like that. But um, there's a ton of stuff to give away. There's a ton of stuff. And they're only $15 a tournament. And, and then this team, we fish together as a team on Gunnersville in November. And then they, the four winners get to divide the winnings amongst themselves. So the, the winning team wins $10,000 and you divide that amongst four people and they walk home so, for some pretty good, with some pretty good change. Uh, I'm going to, uh, Chad and I will be giving away a kayak. We're going to be giving away rods, reels, boxes, tackle boxes, a bunch of stuff. So it'd be a lot of, it's a lot of fun. So uh, matter of fact, Damon right there is a member of my team. So he better be on time tomorrow. <laughs> let's see um what color crankbait do you typically throw i usually start with um a white something like sexy shad ish but i like the the chartreuse sexy shad and um if i'm in a lake like a pond or a lake that has a lot of bluegill i'll even start with one that i make sure it has an orange belly and then I'll go from that to a chartreuse and black in muddy water. And that's typically it. I don't have a lot, whole lot of different colors that I throw. So. Rumors of a new SS-127? Hmm. I can't say nothing about that. I've signed NDAs to but bona fide. So I can, I can tell you that there is not a new SS-127. I can promise you that, but I can't say that there's not a new boat coming out. That's one of the other things. So what would your approach to fishing out of a kayak without electronics this time of the year? If I was to fish out of a kayak without electronics, there would be two places I would be. I would be in a river with a lot of current or I'd be in backwaters with lots of grass and lots of shallow things to throw to. I would not be out on the main lake trying to fish points and humps like I like to do this time of the year. I am blind as a bat with no electronics, and I'll be the first to admit that I cannot comfortably fish offshore, even in a lake that I know like the back of my hand, but I can't do it without, without electronics. So this time of the year in the heat, I'm going to be in the current, or I'm going to be back in the backs of the creeks if I don't have electronics. Um, any lake recommendations in Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio? The only lake that I have fished in any of those three lakes or three states is Laurel River Reservoir, where I won that tournament last year in Kentucky. Other than that, I have not fished up there. And I have told my wife last year that I would love to go up and fish there in the late summer. But unfortunately, the economy and the lack of, uh, of income has made us kind of pull the strings back and say, OK, we're going to stay home and stay close to home and save money because we don't know what next year is going to be. We definitely don't. Not with the way the economy is going. So we're being smart and kind of staying close to home. Um, Josh Ward, are we a, OK? Uh, oh, where are we with the BFS game yet? I finally have a rod that I like. Um and so I'm I'm going to play around with it, but I'm going to wait until the water starts to cool off. Because right now, the only thing I can catch a fish on is a jig and dragging a Texas rig. Yep. Uh, let's see. <laughs> all right chris curtis he says so you're telling me that you were beyond a backup for the way there is subtle water greg greg said i don't know what that means anyway i meant to click on this one it says i uh, heard you say crankbait is hard to use fishing on the bank gets easily caught in the weeds and things when do you use a crankbait 
So I use a crankbait um, when I can get to where I can take it off of snags and stuff like that. So I'll throw a square bill as close to the bank. So I'll, I'll parallel the bank. I'll get my kayak all the way up against the bank and I'll parallel the bank. And I don't have a problem with getting snagged because I know I can get my kayak up to it. I can shake it off. I can get a, I can get a, a lure retriever over top of it and knock it down or get it down and knock it off and that kind of stuff. So I'm not, that's, it's if I can get to it is when I'm going to throw it. I don't mind getting it snagged, but from the bank, there's just so many things like trees and stuff that are in the way where nine times out of 10, you can't get to the bait to knock it off. And with a lure retriever, all you got to do is get over top of it and drop it down and you can knock, nine times out of 10, knock your crankbait off. So. Vivek or Trump? Who the heck is Vivek? And if uh, I don't know who I don't know I don't know who Vivek is. Um, <laughs> oh, what's up, Flute Master? Thanks for using my Striker 6.0. Good seeing you at Jimbo's Expo and the Classic. Awesome, brother! It's it's a great it's a great bait, man. So, um. Greg Mosier, I don't even know, man. He says, best bait to fish after a heavy storm with about half a foot of visibility. Water temp is close to 80. I'm going to throw, first thing that popped into my head was a something loud. So like a, a rattle trap or a big buzz bait or something, that, and, in, and then fish real close to cover. But typically at a, after a heavy storm, the bite shuts down for a while, so... But microphone wants to be on the show. Yes, it does. <laughs> For sure. All right, guys, I'm going to end this a little bit early. I got I got company that just showed up. I hate to do that, but uh, I want to visit for just a little bit. But I really appreciate you guys joining me. Um, they're going to do this again next Friday night. And I got a really good video that I filmed this week that I got to sit down and edit about glide baits. I had a, a glide bait expert teach me how to fish a glide bait, and I filmed it. So, uh I can't wait to show you guys that when it comes out. It's going to be, we touched on things that I've never heard in a video. So you guys stay tuned for that. It'll be sometime next week. It's got a lot of parts and pieces to it. So I've got to put it all together. So it's not as easy as the ones I do on my own. So we'll see how fast I can edit it. But like I always say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing. Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More important, get out of the water, go ahead and catch a fish and have a great day. We'll see you. <laughs>